You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Welcome. Back to Legends Live, as presented by the National Basketball Retired Players Association, the home of all our NBA and WNBA legends. I'd like to remind viewers you can submit questions during the show. We will answer before we wrap up. And without any further ado, I'd like to welcome in today's guest. We have fellow former uh, Kentucky Wildcat. Uh, he was a three-time All-Star with the Boston Celtics, as well as an NBA champion with the Miami Heat. You can catch him now analyzing the NBA on First Things First on FS1. We've got Antoine Walker. Antoine, thank you for joining us, man. Yeah, thank you for having me on the show. Oh, of course. Uh, first Things First, how are you? How are you doing, man? I'm good, man. Uh, can't complain. You know, just you know, just like everybody else in the world trying to fight through this pandemic and hoping that everybody, my family and friends, stay safe. But um, things are good alive and well and healthy um and talking basketball so it's always good exactly uh our cats aren't doing too well this year so we'll, we'll talk about them a little bit later we can't leave with that <laughs> i don't want to uh set the mood like that but i do want to ask about something uh you had mentioned the other day uh on first things first you were talking about you said you didn't think uh like zion or Giannis were in a position to take over the league were you saying like in a currently or are you saying like in the future? I just wanted to, could you elaborate on that? Well, I think uh, with Zion, it's, it's, uh, obviously I think with his shape, it's going to always be a question mark. Um, I, I've referenced that I want to see him take a LeBron James approach to his body. Mm. Um, we all know LeBron, you know, spends a ton of money and is, uh, really, really uh, attacks his body hard in the off season. And I think for Zion, to be the face of this league and to get his full potential he's going to have to do that and he's he's having an unbelievable season i played mm -hmm. with stan van gundy um in miami in, in a short period of time but i know how much a hard worker and, and the pressure that stan puts on you to be the best player you possibly can be and it's showing right now because zion is having you know obviously an all-star year mm -hmm. um but i don't believe that that jury's still out when it comes to when you talk about being the face of this league right. year in and year out um, Giannis obviously is a different story and people be like, wow, he's won two MVPs. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't think that his game doesn't get any better. And it's hard to say, how does his game get any better? Um, he's got some holes in his game. That's going to, that, that shows up in the playoffs when you get into a seven game series, yeah. um, when the game looks tighter, um, his uh, lack of ability to shoot the three, um, having the mid range game and it really shows up. And then obviously, uh, he struggles from the free throw line at times, which yeah. is not in the world. LeBron James struggled at times from the free throw line. It happens, but I just don't think when you're talking about the face of the league, you got to win um, and be in contention to win championships. And they, you know, I don't see that right now. Obviously, New Orleans is starting to, to try to become a, you know, a playoff team on a consistent mm -hmm. basis. And Giannis and them right now are favorites, you know, and a lot of people got them to get to the finals. So in order for them to get over that hump, I think he has to improve. So 
And and as a whole, just me just want to say this real quickly is that mm-hmm. I think, you know, you know, it's probably LeBron, KD, and maybe Steph Curry. I mean, this a after those three, it's just a collection of good stars in the league. I don't think right. it's you know they, they can carry this league. You can have twenty five or thirty players in this league carry this league. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's great about it, having a good balance where it's not really Every year, make it. We could take the next ten years. You don't know who can win it. Right. Um, you know, being that LeBron's coming towards the end, so I think that's where the league is at now. I think it's in great shape. You got players teaming up together. Um, so I think it can be different, different winners every year. You know, it, you know, we, probably, we might get away from that. Teams having a four or five year run where they dominate the league. You know, we just right. seen Golden State do it. We saw mm-hmm. Cleveland go to, you know, LeBron's went to eight straight finals. I mean, we might, we might get away from that. I think it's going to be a, a look more balanced in the league now. Now, you mentioned, like, guys teaming up. How do you feel about that? Because I know some of the former players, like, some are fine with it, some are opposed to it. How do you feel, like, you know, Brooklyn Nets, probably the most recent example. Like, Kyrie and Kevin Durant going yeah, out there used- and then James Harden, <laughs> Jordan. How, how do you feel about that? Man, I used to be, I used to be the biggest hater. Used to be, you know, <laughs> stay with your own team. Don't yeah. join together. I'm, I'm serious. Like, and I have to admit that. And I've, you know, I'm probably on national TV. A lot of take things talking about guys. I was a, I really hate on Durant making the move, going to play with mm-hmm. uh, Golden State. I did not like that move. Um, but I, I have a change of heart, uh, and because mm-hmm. I, I've been a historian of the game and learning the game. If you think about some of those, as an example, those Celtics, Lakers. Uh, teams back in the 80s, mm-hmm. they got four or five Hall of Famers per team, maybe Stacked. six all-star teams, and and they were able to coexist. And we enjoyed basketball back in the day, uh, watching those teams play. So I just changed my mind on it. Um, hmm. I think now you know, if you want, the league has changed now where you actually could go win and make your money. You don't necessarily right. have to be in one spot. And that's the beauty of the league right now. Um, you're able to still um, make the type of money that you want to make and not have to stay on one team to do it. You can move around. So um, you got to embrace that and enjoy that. And some guys you'd like to see play. Together. I mean, right now, um, watching Brooklyn play is exciting. It's must-see TV, yeah. um, especially when Kevin Durant comes back. Um, being able to watch those three guys play offensively um, is a treat. So. Um, I've changed my mind. I've had a change of heart. I have a, no problem with guys teaming up, but I was one of those older players that um, wanted you to stay with your team, figure it out. Right. Um, I, was a big, I was a big advocate of that. But uh, but studying history and and actually doing kind of a over over COVID doing one of these lives with some of the older players, I, I realized that man. These were six all stars on that team. You know, you think they about were loaded, Magic, man. <laughs> yeah, Kareem. But you look at Byron some of the Scott, team, Michael Burry, Thompson. Harris, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it was like so. I, I have no problem. I, I had a change of heart. Okay, that's big of you to admit. I feel like a lot of people wouldn't necessarily admit that they would just keep, you know, riding the old take they had, uh, you know, until the wheels fall off. And I'm, I'm, I'm an old school guy. I'm, I'm an old school guy, but I, I had to change my opinion on that. Okay. Okay. Uh, I do want to ask something about Giannis. You mentioned, you know, he's got a couple things he could work on the mid range, the three pointer uh, free throws of those, or maybe it's something else. What's one thing that you 
like you would like to see him like is it the three-pointer like see him fully commit to that or a post game or the free throws like what what's the one thing you think he could you know nail down to take into the postseason have some of that success translate I think if he can get a mid-range game, and not necessarily he has to be a knockdown 15-foot shooter, but I mm-hmm. think work on his offensive game from there because he's so long, he doesn't make quick moves from 15 feet and get to the basket. Um, somewhat, you know, kind of like semi-posting up right in that mid-range area and getting where mm-hmm. he wanted to be to a comfortable spot. I think we'll take his game to the next level. I'm not worried about the three-point shooter. Everybody can't be a three-point shooter. He's capable right. of making a three. He's had games where he's made – from where he's in the beginning of his career to now, he's, he's became a much better three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really worried about his free throws because free throws are more mental. I wasn't a great free throw shooter um, when I played, uh, and it's mental. It, it becomes mm-hmm. a mental thing to find a routine and stay with. Um, you just want to make them when they count. Right. You know what I mean? At, at the end of right. the day, if I can make my free throws when they count, you can overcome that. But – Everything else, I think, is fine. He's one of the best two-way players we got defensively. He has all things. He would be two-time MVP um, if he wasn't. He's He's been terrific right. these last couple of years in his development. I just think to get over the hump and to get to the finals and, and to win the NBA title and to be the face of this league, um, he's going to have to improve on those things. Because Milwaukee's not a free agent spot. We just had a conversation about players teaming up, and him. it's going to be tough for him to get started kind of Milwaukee. That's right. just not a destination for free agencies, free agents. So you got to get it done. And they've done a terrific job of, of putting pieces around them right now. And I would love to see them take full advantage of that. And you mentioned early, like, you know, it's 20, 25, a number of young guys who have that, I guess, potential to get there, be the face of the league. Who are some of those guys that you, you like? Like we talked to Giannis and Zion, but who are some of the other young cats you like to watch play? Oh, wow. That's, Luca, Luca. Let's start with mm-hmm. Luca Hunters first. Um, he's going to be a terrific player in this league. Um, I love Bradley Bill and what he's doing right now mm-hmm. for Washington um, and coming out his shell, breakout shell. Obviously, you got the Kawhi Leonard. Um, mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard is still up there. Um, I think you still got some good basketball left in in in, in Kyrie Irving. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he potential wise, he can be. No one top point guards ever play this game if he stays on the court and stays healthy. Um, obviously, Zion, you mentioned Zion, can be really good. He's he's another guy um, out there. I love John Morant. Mm-hmm. Um, he can be special. Um, obviously, Dame Lillard, uh, who's never really got his um, just due in the league, is another guy. And I like our big man. You, you, you got to appreciate what the Joker's doing right now. Um, in Denver, and, and Joel Embiid probably is the, you know, leading candidate for MVP right now. Definitely. Um, and then Anthony Davis when he comes back. So you got a collection of players that are, you know, neck to neck and that can carry this league. The thing is you want to be able to turn on TV or put your NBA package on and enjoy the game. Right. And I think we're at that point now because we're starting to get two or three superstars per team where you can actually go out and enjoy a game. And mm-hmm. the league has sometimes not been in that, that space. And even with some of our bad teams, I mean, look at Atlanta, not saying they're bad, but Trey Young. Right. You look at Sacramento and De'Aaron Fox. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got some guys that are teams that are trying to rebuild in, in situations, but they got some young stars that can be really, really good and, and maybe 
you know, could be future Hall of Famers in this league. So the league's in a good position with young, young, good basketball talent. Is there anybody you watch now that you think like reminds you of yourself? Like you watch them, it's like, oh man, I could, mm. I could see myself doing some of those moves. Or anybody that that comes to mind? Um, you know, I, I like Ben Simmons. Um, you okay. know what I mean? Um, that point forward, obviously, we all know I shot a, a ton of threes. He don't shoot the three at all. But <laughs> skill, skill set wise, um, skill set wise, as far as handling the basketball, pushing, making plays for others, um, a Draymond Green. Um, mm. Kind of reminds me of another guy that pushes it, do it all type of guy. Um, I I got more, I have more offense than, than Draymond. He struggles mm -hmm. sometimes to score, um, mm -hmm. but those are kind of guys I kind of look at that um, that play like me. Lamar Odom, he played. Um, mm -hmm. We we kind of played the same, um, but you know I got criticized and, and crucified back when I played <laughs> for three threes I shot, and, and and now every team is shooting fifty threes a game, so. It's different to see the, the the you know how the game is transitioned into the three point line. As before my time, man, I could make three hundred million in this time. This time, now. <laughs> I was gonna say I like to ask the 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 retired guys, the legends, how they feel about the three point line. Some are in favor of it. Some is like they overdo it. I, do I even need to ask you? I feel like you would you would definitely cook now with the 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 trend toward taking more yeah. three pointers, right? Yeah, I mean, I like it. I think I think it's put a lot of pressure on bigs to think that they need to extend their game because mm -hmm. I mean, teams have had success playing small ball now over the last few years. So we took the traditional center out the game, but right. um, I like it. I think the skill set is guy skill set. Is, it shows the skill set of guys um, much higher. You got to blame Steph Curry for that. You know, kind of that Golden <laughs> State team. I can that, point the finger, at Steph. I'm fine know, with that. Yeah, I mean, all you. Kids want to shoot the three off the dribble and, you know, with range. So that it comes from that. But I have no problem with it. I, I think it's um, it's a bit extreme because you, you got right. some teams that are, you know, that are shooting 40, 50 threes without great three-point shooters. And right. then you get a situation like the other night, the Denver Nuggets get on a three-on-one break to tie the game and you pull yeah. up a three. Yeah, you know what I mean? Tough. So you, you get you, – yeah, you get one of those situations. So it, it it it's I understand where it could be a little of that, but the game has changed. It's pick and roll. It's a point guard lead, and you got to be able to knock down a jump shot. Mm -hmm. And those are the, that's the that's where the game is at right now. I know we're about at the at the All Star break, about at the halfway point of the season. If you had a pick now, who do you think makes the conference finals on each side? Like who do you, who you got making it in the East and the West conference finals matchups? Um. It's tough because you know you want to. I, I like to have the Lakers win the repeating again this year. Mm. They made some good moves in the all season, and you know, um, if healthy, I got the uh, conference final. I got the Lakers. Um, depending how seeding goes, I got. I think we're gonna get that matchup. The Lakers Clippers matchup. Okay. I think we're gonna get that. I think we're gonna get that matchup in the West, um, and somehow, hopefully, record wise, I think we're gonna see Milwaukee. And mm -hmm. plan to get to the finals. Mm. So no, you know the people. I'm not, I'm not Philly. I know you want to. I was, was going to say Philly and Utah. You know they're going to yell at you. Yeah, um, Utah. I'm not sold yet. I'd still, you know, I think Rudy Gobert is a, a very good player. Um, mm -hmm. I just think they're missing that second star. 
I think they have mm-hmm. a very good team. They 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 play well together. Um, they play well together for years now. Um, I think you need a little bit more than Donovan Mitchell. Okay. I know he was great last year in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Conley's playing well this year, but he's never been an All Star in his career. So mm-hmm. I'm um, and my, so I just don't think they have enough out west. I think the Clippers and the Lakers are better than them, and okay. I think Phoenix Suns probably are better than them too. I think okay, Phoenix yeah, Suns Phoenix playing some good ball. Well, I just think you know with Chris the addition Chris Paul and what they have over there gets them over the hump against mm-hmm. the Utah Jazz type team. Um, and in the East with Philly, I love Philly's uh, starting lineup. I think Philly needs to add a piece to it. Um, okay. Their team, because of the lack of shooting of, of Ben Wallace not shooting the basketball, um, I think Steph Curry, Steph Curry Steph is a bag up mm. at point guard position. He's and he's obviously a great three point shooter. They probably could use a move at the point guard position, um, but it depends how those young guys play. And I'm just saying, right. Chuck Milton's the um, Tyrese Maxey, those guys mm-hmm. can play as good as they've played so far during the season come playoff time, then they got a legitimate shot. Right. But right now, I like Milwaukee and Brooklyn a little bit better. Okay. And uh, who would you have in those matchups? You got Lakers or Clippers? Uh, Lakers Lakers hold. Uh, I like Lakers. Okay. Um, and, and I like Brooklyn. I just think with Brooklyn, it's going to be very hard for teams to get to 120, 125 four times right. in a seven-game series. And the unique thing about Brooklyn um, is that they have three guys that can get you 40 yeah. at any given moment, 35, 40 points. So they can all win a game for you. Right. And every team don't have that luxury. If you watched the finals last year, you saw Jimmy Butler. He The mm-hmm. two monster games he was able to pull off, those are two games they won. Mm-hmm. But if you're not, if you don't have that other star or other person that can actually come in and help you, it's going to be tough when they got three guys. So I think Brooklyn is going to uh, come out the East. And actually, right now, if I had to pick a champion, it's probably the Brooklyn Nets right now. Really? You think that defense will hold up? There's a lot of concerns about if they'll be able to, you know, just make enough stops. Because like you said, they're going to score 125, 130 points. Well, I think, you know, I, you know, I think. DeAndre Jordan, if you watch them, he'll be, you know, when you get to that point, he'll be back, you know, solid defensively. You can mm-hmm. play him against the Lakers if he got in the finals because they play Mark Gasol, they play Anthony mm-hmm. Davis, so it's not like they're going to go super small. So he'll be able to play him. Um, Kyrie Irving's probably the, the one guy that's the defensive liability. Kevin Durant's a, a pretty good two-way player. Mm-hmm. Harden can guard his man. We've seen Harden make great defensive plays and, and, and different times. He'll be okay. So I'm not necessarily worried about that, but you got to be able to spin the ball. Right. You know, you got to be able to, to to get up there and know that they, others are starting to get confidence to Joe Harris's of the world and all that. Mm-hmm. But those guys are starting to play well. Jeff Green, um, Brooklyn's going to be tough. I, I, I got them right now. Barring any injuries and KD comes mm-hmm. back healthy, um, I think the Brooklyn Nets is going to be the NBA champions. Okay, we, we might have to hold you to that because I yeah Philly and Utah. I just want to warn you; they're gonna yell at you. They don't like when you don't pick their team to win every game. You probably know. That I mean, right you now, gotta though. think about it. Yeah, but when you make these super teams, super teams get to the finals and have a shot, man. It's like the Lakers yeah. last year. LeBron, you get AD. I mean, you got a shot. Yeah, immediately you become a favorite right there. You know, the Clippers got upset. They were up three one. 
I mean, you have a legitimate shot. It's, it's tough to beat those teams that put multiple stars together. Mm-hmm. Now, as I mentioned, we're coming up on the All-Star break. Uh, you were three-time All-Star yourself. What do you remember about your first All-Star game? Man, uh, New York City, first of all, Madison Square okay. Garden, legendary. So um, that was the first the part. And then the second one was kind of – it was it was weird because Michael – it was 98 – uh, the rumors were swirling that Michael could be Michael's last year playing, wasn't going to be with the Bulls anymore, um, all those things. But the, the thing that was for me personally, um, it was a dream come true. It was a surreal moment for me. Um, right. When I got on that bus and it was Michael Jordan, Reggie Miller, Tim Hardaway, Grant Hill, um, guys I looked up to and now my second year in the league, I'm actually in an all-star game with them in New York, Madison Square Garden. Larry Bird was my coach. You know, <laughs> I remember those moments. You know, I remember those moments for me more so than the game itself. The game was great. Um, I had a ton of fun playing. I got to play a lot of minutes. Actually, I mean, I didn't, that probably is the most all minutes I played in my three all-star games was that game. Um, but just a special moment to be a part of that in New York City. The whole weekend itself. Um, style, study, um, the parties, everything. I probably was too young to really embrace it, but when I think back, mm. it was just a very special moment in my career. Mm. Now, up, do you have a favorite moment uh, from any of the three? Like just a favorite? It could be during the game or during the weekend, just one moment from your all-star trips that, that stands out that you still think about. Um, I think it's a picture of this, but mine is – 2003 All-Star Game, Michael Jordan's last year. Um, mm. By this time, I had had a couple years of being of being really good friends. Michael had been around him um, in the summer's training and everything. Mm. But it was a locker room situation where it was me, him, and Kobe. Okay. And just sitting in the locker room and just talking to those guys and um, listening and soaking up that, that information. Me and Kobe came in together in 96, but mm. just to – be in that circle and to hear that conversation talking about basketball and just life um, prior to the game was um, was special to me. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned that uh, 96 draft class yourself, Kobe, Ray Allen, Iverson, Steve Nash, uh, a lot of all-stars and Hall of Fame guys. What do you remember about the draft and like the draft combine process as a whole? Because the draft combine now looks completely different um, uh, than it did. Well, um, that process was nerve-wracking, but also uh, it was fun. So I worked mm-hmm. out for me. I worked out for teams from 2 to 11. They were picking from 2 to 11. Um, mm-hmm. And what I did that I think most guys should do, I never left school. So I stayed down at school and trained from school mm-hmm. to kind of keep myself focused. And, you know, I didn't go to a big city and work out. With, I know these guys now work out with all these trainers and all these mm-hmm. big cities and stuff like that. Um, I stayed in Kentucky, worked out with the trainer that I had been working out with, and just stayed focused and just worked out from 2 to 11. Um, the process was different. You go in the night before, you have dinner um, mm. with the GM, the coaches. And the one thing that I vividly remember is that they know everything about you. It's like they, <laughs> they, when they're interviewing you, you know, you go in there, they know everything already about you. So it's kind of like, they're like waiting on you to like lie or tell right. them not tell the truth <laughs> right. about something. But I was 19 years old, so I didn't have too much going on in life. But just just it was just great to see them know so much about you. And mm-hmm. every team was different. You know, it's crazy. The Boston Celtics drafted me 
and that was mm -hmm. my shortest workout. Really? I literally came in and did a 30 minute session and they was like, Hey, you know, they brought me into a room and it was red all back ML car. ML mm -hmm. car was the head coach at the time. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting interviewed by ML car, Dennis Johnson, Casey Jones, Larry Bird, Kevin McHale was around the team. Then Tommy Heinsohn, uh, Jojo White, um, Cedric Maxwell's on radio. So this is like a basketball junkie kid. Yeah. So they all were there. Um, in this workout, but it was the shortest workout. So I guess they just wanted to see a few things and they saw what they needed to see. And, mm. and that was it. Um, funnest workout probably was Minnesota. They were picking like fifth, mm. but Minnesota brought in all the best small forwards, um, <laughs> like six of us that were supposedly really good. So mm. we got to play one-on-one. -on -one. They made it real fun. <laughs> it was a one-on-one -on -one knockout, you know, playing that type of game. But the process was was was, um, was actually really really good and and you know working out for nine teams giving myself an opportunity to have range in the draft um, you know some you know you hear about these guys all money working out for two teams I right. gave myself some some range hmm. and that was really good that was good about on my part to be able to, to have a lot of range just in case um, a team that you thought was going to pick you didn't pick you. Hmm. Now, did you know you were going to Boston until that time? Like, did they tell you anything, you know, when they had you in the room? Did no. they, or it was a, you found out when everybody else found out? No, we just knew they traded up to six. They traded mm -hmm. um, their pick and for Eric Montross, Dallas, Dallas, and moved up to six. Um, they felt like I wasn't going to be there at nine, and they mm -hmm. moved up to six and picked me at, at, at six. Um, I thought I was going to Minnesota. That was probably my best workout. Um, but they had just drafted Kevin Garnett the year before. Mm. So yeah, there's no way you two guys position. could have worked out. Yeah. Right. And then they had um they needed a point guard. So they're taking mm. Stefan Marbury. Mm. Forgot about him. He was in that class too. Pick. Yes. So was uh, I feel like you're biased, but is that the best draft class of all time? Like we hear about the 84, 96. Oh, three, couple more, but it, um, for your money, is that is that the best class? I think I think the '96 class from top to bottom is the best class. If you go through it and really look at it, and I'm even talking about second round picks, guys that were impactful in the league and impactful mm -hmm. on teams, um, it's the best class. You know, obviously, oh, three is strong, but it's top heavy. Mm -hmm. Right. When you come to that, and then you know, '84. I know people talk about '84 to Jordan. I think Elijah one those guys class. Mm -hmm. But I think top to bottom, um, 96 was the best draft class. Mm. Now, I mentioned it earlier, uh, but I feel like we got to talk about it. What uh, what happened with our Wildcats this year, man? <laughs> you know what? Um, this is my first year I've done the SEC in, in four years. Mm. And from what I saw, and I've watched quite a few games, mm. this is the first year that Cal – did not have a dominant point guard. Mm. And yeah. if you look at the history of Calipari and his coaching career, he's had a big-time point guard. Yeah. From the John Walls, Tyler Uless, uh, uh Eric Bexel, De'Aaron Fox. I mean, the list goes, Derrick Rose. The, the list goes on and on. And he'll have a point guard this year. Mm. If you look at it, he, he's, he didn't have a dominant point guard. Um, and the lack of... Um, I know he had the kid transfer in from Wake Forest, but he didn't have any juniors or seniors. 
So, right. you know, usually with your freshman, he's, he sprinkles in. You know, he's still got a couple juniors and seniors in there that have been in the program. They know how to win. Um, mm -hmm. And didn't have that. Right. And it showed this year. Um, and when you got a, a young group like that, the pandemic and all that stuff does mm -hmm. not help. Um, you got four or five guys that got different agendas, and we know what that agenda is, is to play at the next level. Mm -hmm. And, you know, things don't work out early on. That's what happens. And obviously, Kyle is trying to win games and win a national title. So you got to get these guys to buy in. And he's the best at doing it. Um, he's the best I've ever seen to get top All-American players to buy in. He's the best at it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but they got to go back to the drawing board. These guys are going to want to come out. Um, you know, he's going to have a great recruiting class come in. He's going to have to mm -hmm. balance it out. What's ready for the pros and what's guys are going to stay in. Because um, we can't take another year like this year. No. I don't know. My, um, we lost the old Miss the other night. I almost threw up watching us lose the old <laughs> Miss. So, and, 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 and it's bad because the SEC is down. Yeah. Um, you know, the SEC over the last couple of years have had, you know, seven, eight teams in the tournament. They'll be lucky to get three this year. Right. Um, so it's a different, it's a different year. So, I mean, you can't be great every year. You can always stumble a little bit. So, but the best thing about Kentucky basketball and people understand that we got some more talent coming in next year. We'll be at the top of the recruiting class in the country. Um, hopefully these guys make, um, smart decisions on the, mm -hmm. on their future. Um, and, and then though a couple of those guys come back, we should have a great team next year. What would you tell some of those young guys? Like you mentioned, some of them, uh, some of them will be back next year. Some of them do have an eye on the NBA. What would you tell them as far as like, how do you know when it's time? Like, how did you know when it was your time to go pro? I think one, you got to realize, um, you know, where you're at. I think one, if just getting drafted is okay for you. I mean, you probably could get drafted coming out of the University of Kentucky. But if you want to be a first round pick and be impactful and play, um, you got to make the right decision because it's making it to the league, and you saw this in, in years past. It's guys that have been lottery picks we forgot about right now that, that mm -hmm. had to play three years to only play on their first NBA contract, right. and you never see them again. And you don't want to be that guy, you want to be a guy that gets some full development. And it's just a weird time right now, man. You know, it's yeah. hard to get real, real evaluation of yourself to see if you're ready. Uh, you know, hopefully, we work our way out of this and we get back to some regularity in life where guys can actually get work out for teams, see where they really at, work on their body, have access to the gym 24-7. I mean, we, we just lost so much of that. It's yeah. hard as a player to make these decisions. So um, hopefully guys are doing that. I, I know I got friends that coach in college, and they had this problem over the last year, is just trying to convince guys that, look, you're not going to get proper look by NBA teams. Just stick around one more year. Right. And it's paid off for a lot of those guys sticking around. So, um, it's a feeling, you know, everybody's situation is different off the court. Sometimes you got guys that want to do things for their family. They, you know, sometimes guys make mistakes and have kids at a young age. Um, so it's a lot of things that factor into why guys go pro besides the ultimate of wanting to play at the highest, highest profession. But, um, that's always a tough decision. And, um, right. and that's a decision that should be made with your loved ones. And your college coach, because he's the guy that's going to get on the phone and beat the phones and talk to the GMs and the scouts. And um, you got to make sure that you have them in your corner. Mm, definitely. Actually, one more question, then we'll uh, jump to some viewer questions we have here. You're a Chicago guy. 
There's a lot of mm-hmm. great hoopers that come out of Chicago. Who's your starting lineup of Chicago ballers? Whoa. It could be Ooh, past, uh, present, young guys, old heads, whoever. Just your, your starting five. And you can put yourself into it if you want, but who's your starting five? I'm, de- I'm definitely going to be in the starting lineup. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would go uh, Isaiah Thomas. Okay. Um, myself. Mm-hmm. Mark Aguirre, Dwayne Wade, mm. and Ben Wilson. Okay. Old school Benji Wilson. Is, is Chicago's five beating any other city's five? We definitely competing. I mean, I think New York, New York can put together a really good five. Mm-hmm. California can put together a really good five. Actually, Washington. Seattle yeah, Washington, Washington State really has a lot, yeah. Yep. Yeah, they, they, can, they, they can put together a really good fight, but we'll be right in the mix. <laughs> I thought you might say that. Uh, let's, let's jump to some uh, viewer <laughs> questions. I think we got some queued up here. See, our first one from Yorobi. Yorobi says, if the NBA free agent landscape was how, how it is now, back when Tuan played, what two players would you have most wanted to team up with? So if you're creating your super team. Wow, that's a great question. Um, I would have loved to play with uh, Jason Kidd. Mm. Um, I, thought, you know, I, I thought Jason was, Jason was a, a, amazing at the point guard position. Lost to him two years back to back trying to get to the finals. So Jason Kidd would be um, top on that list of guys I would like to play with. Mm-hmm. And and then I would love to play with like another um, power forward, probably with similar skill sets, like a Chris Webber. Okay, um, would have been really nice, but like a Chris Webber, yeah, I think we could offset each other, play with somebody like that, um, or Kevin Garnett. I love mm-hmm. Kevin Garnett's energy. I know you talked about it, but I love Kevin Garnett's energy and his approach to the game. Mm, that's that's pretty good. Uh, pretty good super team there. Mm-hmm. Next question. We've got one from Vin Megatron One. Says, I feel like Twan's game would translate well to today's NBA. I wonder which team you'd want to play on. Like if you're playing now, which team you, you think you could contribute most with? I would love to play for Golden State. Mm. Golden State would be the ideal team for me to play for. Shooters, I can handle. Um, you know, you they, the ball movement two, three. Um, the, the ball movement that's, that's up my alley. Mm. Um, you know, but I was a people that know the game and know the type of player that I was. Um, being able to, I like to pass first, even though I, sh- I shot the basketball, I, I, I love to pass first mm. and make plays for other people. And playing with those type of shooters, um, uh, with my ball handling ability and my skill set would have been perfect for me. So Golden mm-hmm. State would be the, the perfect and ideal team that I would love to play for. Mm-hmm. Next question we've got from Connor. Connor says, Antoine, did you have any particular plays or moments that stood out in your career? Um, I mean, I was you always remember the game you had the most points in. Um, so 98, I think in my career, I was like 49 against Washington. That game always sticks out in my head. And the moment is um win the NBA title hmm. with the Miami Heat. I mean, win the NBA title. I mean, um, not only just winning it, the, the team that I was on, 
to yeah. play with the collection of players that I played with, to play with Gary Payton, Alonzo Mourning, you know, D-Way, Shaq, Posey, Jay Will, Madonna's, just to be a part of that team and be with those guys and, and play for the great Pat Riley. So that, that that's 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 one of the moments that's obviously exciting my career. Hmm. Let's see, and I, next question from uh, Keith Kloss. Keith says, "Who is your favorite teammate or teammates?" Um, my favorite teammate is Paul, and, okay. and we played together, you know, seven and a half years, and uh, me and Paul were great because we was able to, you know, go at each other all the time and and push each other to be the best. Um, got to the Easter Conference Finals, was not able to get over the hump, but just that whole process of getting the Celtics to be back a playoff team and right. putting the Celtics back on the map and that that thing that was that was that was some great moments that we shared together. And we also had a great relationship off the court. Let's see, I got one from I got that cliff. He says, Who wins two on two? You and Paul and O two O three or Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown today? Who wins that? Oh they close me and Paul. Close <laughs> <laughs> okay. me and Paul. They they ain't tough enough yet. They get they get in there, and I, I I and I like Tatum. I think Tatum is the next Celtic that's going in the Raptors, and and Jalen Brown has made tremendous strides to become an All Star this year. So I like both of those guys, but me and Paul were too tough back then. We was tough. They okay, tough enough yet. Y'all cleaning them up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think that's our last viewer question. We've got one more question we'd like to ask all our legends uh, before we let you go. We're getting together our season two of our playlist. So what are you listening to these days? If you're around the house, driving around, out and about, could be old school, new school, whatever you got. What to, Give us a song or two. What are you listening to? <laughs> now, I'm, bound, I'm, I'm, I'm a balanced guy. I love, I'm an old school guy, so I'm more okay. of a, Luke Vandross, Teddy Pendergrass, okay, uh, Freddie Jackson, Jeffrey Osborne, yeah, R&B. That's more of my speed. Yeah, that's okay. more of my speed on a daily basis. But um, I'm a huge Jay Z guy, so mm. I've been playing that um, Jay Z and Nip- Nipsey Hussle song lately. Mm. Mm. Um, off the soundtrack of the movie um, Judah, I think Judah, it's uh, yeah, the Judas movie. and the uh, Messiah. Black Messiah. Yep. Yeah, so I've been listening to that. Um, but I keep up. I mean, I got a 26-year-old, a 22-year-old, so I keep up what's going on, what's current. Uh, got they to. keep me abreast. But, yeah, but I'm an I'm a old-school guy. Okay. We'll we, uh, throw the Jay-Z and Nip on there, and we, we might throw an old uh, uh, Teddy P or two song on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at man. You know, something like that. That's more. That's That's me. Okay. We can definitely make that happen. Uh, Antoine Walker, thank you so much for joining us, man. Man, thank you so much for having me, man. I appreciate it. Oh, of course. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Right. couple of notes, a couple of quick notes before we wrap up. As you know, it's All-Star Weekend this Saturday night. If you head over to Instagram, got the NBA Alumni's Player Party going on. We got legend Cedric Sabalos. He'll be in the DJ booth. And I'm almost certain it's the only place you're going to catch a former All-Star and Slam Dunk Contest champ DJing over the All-Star Weekend. Now, for the game itself on Sunday, me, I will be tweeting, uh, live tweeting the game straight from the Legends Lounge handle. So be sure to follow along on Twitter 
at NBA Legends Lounge. You can see it there on the screen. NBA Legends Lounge. Go ahead and give that a follow. And for those of you that may have an extra dollar or two uh, for the kids, we've got the Legends All-Star Auction. It's currently going on. It is live until Monday, and you'll be able to bid on an autographed jersey from any of the former All-Stars we have listed. Got Bill Bradley, Bill Walton, Horace Grant, Magic Johnson, and Wes Unsell. And you can see 32auctions.com slash Legends All-Star Auction. That'll do it for this week's Legends Live. As you know, we've got new episodes live every Thursday at 5 p.m., 4 p.m., 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central, excuse me, on the NBA Alumni's Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. I'd like to remind viewers, you can uh, catch replays of any episode at legendsofbasketball.com slash legendslive. And you can catch the audio replay to our conversations by searching Legends Live wherever you get your podcast. I'd like to give a big thank you to Antoine Walker for joining us, to Bridget and Julio behind the scenes, and we'll see you next Thursday. <laughs>